Now I'm going to feel like it's my Pilates class, the relaxing one. By the way, that one still burns and hurts. <laughs> I thought it would be easy because it was called center and balance. So I thought, oh, that's good. That, you know, that's not cardio. Well, apparently, she wants us to center and balance, like on one or two points, you know, like a knee and a hand. <laughs> they don't work for my body just yet. Yeah, I can imagine. There's lots of shaking going on. Like, uh, like, like, Jer- like Jerry Lee Lewis, a whole lot of shaking. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. but not as cool. Scary. Scary. Like, um, call a physician. Okay. Somebody get the 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 paddle stat. Maybe, maybe not the paddles. Like, not the, the, paddles. like the clear, like those? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's... You know, it's a good thing I don't have access to those because I feel like I'd want to use them sometimes for fun. On who? Whoever? Depends. Whoever. Depends on the situation. Okay. Do you know there's times? Whoever was arrhythmic. Mm-hmm. Whoever uh-huh. was getting on your nerves. If you're not getting, if you're not in my rhythm. Uh-huh. <laughs> you get, you get zapped. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can That's go. That's a good tool. You could go buy a cattle prod. Mm, that's probably easily, more easily attainable. Huh? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Especially I, in Texas. Yeah, or just a taser. It's the same thing, pretty much. I couldn't even use a shot collar on Kate. Kate's adorable. Like, of course not. You you should only I shock. Can't inflict harm. You should only shock people or things that aren't adorable. Cute. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so this has been a consistent theme this week. Okay. Guess what's been a consistent theme this week? I... The word consistent. Really? Uh-huh. Because, well, a lot of things... I'll, I could go deep fast. Is that okay? Yeah. Are you prepared for the deep dive? I am. Always. Adjust the pressure. Got and it. we're going down. Um, so I was talking to a friend this week, and I related... In, in desiring to be more like God... Mm-hmm. If consistency's all I have to offer, I can offer consistency. Okay. Because I was, because I do this little like morning snap with my prayers that I send to the people who I'm Snapchat friends with. Okay. And and you know, I'm pretty certain a lot of them don't read it because it's like small. Pr- I mean, it's my book, it's my prayer book, and the words are small and you know. It's, mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily doing it for. I mean, I I started it for the message, and I think I continue to do it every day, just. Like I thought, oh, I should, this might be a pain in people's butts. But then I thought, you know what? What if this is how I can be God to them? That when I said that out loud, that sounded bad. Not be God to them, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Be transparent sure. and allow him to shine through. Mm-hmm. Just through being present. Mm-hmm. Just a con- the consistency of me showing up. You don't need to read the prayer. I'm praying. You be confident knowing that I'm praying every day. I think that's all. I think that's all we can do. Oh, mm-hmm. seriously, this is all I, within our power. Yeah, because uh, and and because what else can you emulate that you wouldn't screw up later? And I'm probably going to screw up the consistency at some point. Well, I mean, we're all we're like we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? Like everything that we do is by our human nature somewhat imperfect, right? Like mm-hmm. there's 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 imperfection. I think when we're, I think consistency is what. You know, when Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, he's talking about being consistent. Continue to show up. Your heavenly father is there all the time. He He's the God who was, the God who is, the God the God who will be, right? Uh-huh. So be, you know, you, you've come from somewhere. You are where you are right now. Be present to God right now. Be consistent in that presence to God right now. Jesus also knows that we're going to stray from that, that that's going to be like a problem and and there's going to be stumbling blocks. There's going to be things that get in the way. The one thing that we can do is consistently okay. choose to to move back to that position of presence with God. Right? That's the one thing that we can do. So, you know, eventually, I mean, eventually, like, our, 
our prayer lives evolve, our relationships evolve, our needs in our relationship with God evolve, right? Those things change. So really all we have is the, is whether or not we choose to be present to God. Mm. I, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's that sounds like, great. Yeah. You're a little bit taking the wind out of my sail. I'm sorry. I thought I discovered something. I thought I had this huge revelation. No, that's great. And it's, and it's, it's even in this, these last few moments, it's been very revelatory to me. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Cause that, I, I, I very much needed to hear that. So I okay. And it all comes back to coffee. Okay. Because that's why I was looking forward to, I knew that if I got the blue moon latte, mm-hmm. that it would be this consistent, delicious cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. It didn't stray. Yeah. They're not messing with the sweeteners. Mm-hmm. They got a good thing going. They do. And um, so Summer Moon is reflecting God as well by being consistently pr- giving me some good coffee. Yeah. I, is that sacrilegious? No, it's not sacrilegious. <sighs> Absolutely not. Because the coffee feels holy sometimes. We should podcast. Uh-huh. Does that sound good? Uh-huh. Awesome. Um, I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. Uh, it's we've discussed it very briefly, meaning standing in line. That means at that the, the coffee place it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, but I think our it's surprising, you know, so like sometimes when we're kind of thinking of a topic to talk about, um, and we recognize that a lot of times our um, because of the audience we're trying to reach, a lot of times our conversation that we have kind of comes back to. Um, a very, uh, you know, kind of looking at our relationship with God, right? Where does whatever topic we're talking about, how does that fit into getting us closer to God? Mm-hmm. And I think um, an interesting, you know, when we when we started talking about this this morning, uh, and, you know, we were both sort of intrigued, excited by the prospects of talking about this topic um, as if we're talking to people who aren't Catholic, right? Mm. As if we're talking to folks maybe who... Uh, have yeah. some misunderstandings about what Catholics believe or particular um, Catholic devotions, things like that. So um, today we're going to talk uh, about the Eucharist, right? Uh, which is a fancy Greek word for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Um, but it's uh, it's also it. it's also how we refer uh, to the consecrated uh, bread and wine um, that that Catholics consume in Mass. If you're if you're not um, if, if the, the, if the option for the Eucharist is not there, you don't have to consume it, but if the option for the Eucharist is not there, it's not a full mass, right? So, right. um, every mass, uh, there's the opportunity to consume the, the consecrated bread and wine, the body and blood of Christ. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're not going to go too deep in the, in the weeds as far as Let's the, go deep. um, as far as the theology <laughs> behind it, but, I, but, I, but I think it's cool yeah. that we can kind of, we're going to kind of relate that to mystery. And to yeah. um, the the mystery of God from uh, a Christian Catholic perspective, and uh, sort of, um, I guess, a human perspective, right? Like yeah. God is a mystery. We don't know everything about Him. Um, we don't know kind of the the full scope, the full picture of His beauty, majesty, um, power, whatever you know. W- however you want to, to talk about God, like it's a, it's an incomplete mm-hmm. puzzle. It's an incomplete picture. Um, and that's a good thing. We're going to talk about why that's a good thing and how God uses that in our relationship to draw us closer to him and to make us more holy and to get us to heaven. That's, yeah. that's ultimately his, his goal. The highway to heaven. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to, uh, a little bit, a little bit different from, uh, from our, um, a little bit different from our, our, our huge, huge. Thank you. I don't You're know why welcome. I'm having trouble with, with the, you know the vocabulary. Uh, you, I don't know. Cause I don't, Uge. <laughs> I don't U-Z-Z-Z-E. I don't know. I, I Something like that. Huge. It's like, how do you spell huge? And huge. he's like, I don't know, mom. <laughs> like, I don't know how to spell most words are a lot of words. Yeah. Don't give me hard ones. Um, huge. I think I, I lost a spelling bee on the word unusual. Oh, so that's that's funny. I was in like fourth grade. Unusual. But I was a pretty good speller. That's okay. Good. Um, okay. So so I want to uh, shift from our huge, from our normal uh, MO, and uh, and start with some scripture. The scripture, there's nothing really about... Um, there's nothing really about the Eucharist in this scripture. 
but well, I think exciting. it's but I think it's a good starting point for us to, to talk, talk about the mystery of God. The mystery of God. Okay. And uh, and it's also going they're going to be it's the the gospel reading part of the gospel reading uh, coming up for October tenth. So okay. so when you're hearing this the next Sunday, gotcha, uh, the next gotcha. Sunday's gospel reading. All right. Um, so uh, Jesus has um, in the, this this is in Mark's gospel. Uh, Jesus has basically just been asked um, by a man like uh, that that meets him on the road, um, "What do I have to do to go to heaven?" And Jesus says, uh, uh, "Basically, um, follow all the commandments." And the guy says, "Hey, I've, I'm already doing that." And he says, "Oh, cool. You're lacking in one thing. Uh, go sell all your stuff, give it to the poor, and then come Thanks. follow me." Yeah. And at that, it's the scripture says, "At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions." Mm-hmm. Right. So this, so there's this scene of Jesus kind of letting folks know that um, you know the next world is not really about this world. Right. The things mm-hmm. that we're about here. Uh, are are different than what maybe God's about in in heaven, right? Um, but he he uses the moment in a really brilliant like you know teacher um, uh, you know storyteller kind of way. Um, he uses the moment as a as an opportunity to to uh, teach his disciples something a little bit deeper, right? And so um, he says this. Uh, this is from Mark chapter ten. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, We have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, there is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive a hundred times more now in this Mm -hmm. present age houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. Wow. Wow. That's a return, a good return on your investment. It is a good return on your investment. It's also, I think there are parts in this, this little chunk of scripture where you're like, what, Uh, what are you talking about? Jesus? Like, like what, you know, it's just such a, um, it's so different than I think mm. a, a lot of us would, would kind of logically assume, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's one of those, um, uh, it's, it's considered one of the hard sayings of Jesus. We're kind mm. of in the midst in the Catholic church. We're reading all of these hard sayings, um, on Sundays and at daily mass, we're, we're kind of reading these things and they're tough. And the disciples, uh, over and over again are like not getting it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're in good company, uh, Thank that you. we don't get it. Um, the reason I wanted to start here is because uh, Jesus is making very, very clear that there are things about God and about God's ways and even about his role as Messiah that we don't get. Mm-hmm. And he uses these parables. He uses this this teaching tool of kind of breaking things down into these little stories, right? Into these little um, uh, like metaphors as a way for us to... Um, like you say all the time, to take like a single bite of the mm. elephant, right? To take mm-hmm. like a single bite of this big concept and to, to, to digest it, to take the time that we need with it, mm-hmm. right? And hopefully hopefully have that thing, whatever that little bite is, reveal a little more about God's true nature, reveal okay. a little more about, God, about you know, who God is. So the, so the disciples mm-hmm. are, are so, you know, they're so focused on this, this idea of like, okay, then who can be saved? Oh no, money. Mo- like money is a is a, is a hot, it's a hot topic, right? Yeah. Like we don't, we don't really want to touch that because that's going to make, that's going to offend people. Uh, it's going to make waves. Yeah. It's going to make waves. Um, we don't want to lose our following. And Jesus gives us this really, really, um, like just weird image of it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. Yeah. Let's, let's unpack that. Then for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Okay. Very mysterious um, line. Mystery yeah. meaning it's infinitely deep. We're never going to unpack all of it. Right. Right. Um, and that's really, 
uh, when we say God is a mystery, when we say something like the Eucharist is a mystery, that's what we're saying. We're never going to unpack all of it. It's but not to say don't try it's not to, to say understand, don't try. but um, don't lose hope or heart if, if you know. There's a, there's a, you feel as, a, as opposed to kind of thinking about it, like we kind of talked about last week, as opposed to kind of thinking about it as, well, I'm never going to understand that. Think about it as there's so many things mm-hmm. to understand that I can keep coming back to this well of, of grace, yeah. this well of knowledge, right? And, and keep um, learning new things mm-hmm. and, and applying those new things to my life, to my relationship with God. So right off the bat, I want to point out the eye of a needle uh, is not a thing necessarily in this in this uh, in this metaphor. Mm-hmm. It's a place uh, in the uh, city of Jerusalem. Uh, there were several gates. Okay, okay. Uh, those gates would close at dusk. Okay, which meant that if you were a traveler and you were outside of the gates after dusk, you can't get into the Too city. Too bad, so sad. Too bad, so sad. You got to hang out. Okay. Well, the eye of the needle was um, a loosely monitored gate. Uh, that was basically about the size, it was a hole in the wall, literally, uh, about the size of a mm-hmm. person. Um, if they went through without any, any baggage or luggage and if they were like bent over like halfway, so you could kind oh. of bend over and you could still get into the city. And if you had someone to kind of be waiting for you on the other side of the wall, to they could kind of, they could kind of help you through okay. and you could get into the city after dark. I didn't okay. Know that. It was called the eye of the needle. Okay. Well, what that meant was you had to leave all your stuff on the outside. All your baggage, your camel, How all your this? all your possessions, everything. You had to trust that whoever you were leaving mm. your stuff with, or if you're, you were leaving your stuff with no one, that it wasn't going to get stolen. Mm. That you know you kind of had to 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 leave that in the hands of God, so to speak, to get into the city. Well, Jerusalem is a metaphor for heaven, okay. And this process of leaving your stuff, um, it's a metaphor for our reconciliation with God. It's a metaphor for for kind of putting down the things that separate us from God putting down the things that distract us and really just focusing on getting to heaven, getting to that, mm-hmm. that place of, of real, of a real genuine deep connection with a God. Unity. Exactly. Yeah. So when Jesus talks like this, um, he's, he's revealing these things to us about mm-hmm. God. He's revealing these, these, you know, these little kind of nuggets of information, yeah. um, in the hopes that, uh, not only in this, in this, parable or this metaphor, but, but throughout all of them in the hopes that we'll, we'll kind of put down some stuff. Yeah. We'll kind of, we'll let some of those walls fall down. We'll let our, our human biases go. We'll let go of maybe wanting to know all the answers, mm. right? You ever, oh, wow. You're thinking in a different way than I'm thinking. I'm thinking very tangible things. I'm thinking linty type things. Absolutely. But I'm not thinking of what you're talking about, what well, you're, well, that, that totally, that totally applies, applies too. Well. And, and I yeah. think, I think for God, sometimes that distinction, I know for me, I want to make that distinction. I want to be like, I didn't eat fish on Fridays. Right. How or, or how many, exactly. <laughs> like I gave up Oreos for Lent. How many points do I get? Right. Um, I want to, I want to, I want that part of it. I think for God, it doesn't really matter for mm-hmm. him. He's like, Hey man, if there's something distracting you from me, that's what I want gone. Cut it off. It doesn't matter if it's exactly. I know that oh, uh, that reading so hard. I'm like, gosh, it man. is. It is so hard. Like so pluck cool. out your eye, right? Jeez, Cut off nice. your hand. Jesus, uh, Jesus just wants those things business. to not be, um, to not be, bet- be mm-hmm. between himself and, and the people that he loves. Right. And so, and that's you, he loves well, you. It's kind of, for me, it's like a, a, also a sign of how passionate he is for mm-hmm. a relationship with me that he's letting me know that, no, it's this important. Exactly. There's to me, it's always, and, and maybe we've talked about it before. There's, there's this beautiful scene at the last supper, uh, in John's gospel where, where John is like, has is is leaning on the, the it says he's leaning on Jesus's breast right mm-hmm. so he's literally like laying on Christ father wade used to say he was they were snuggling okay mm-hmm. like jesus is embracing him in this really beautiful like like brotherly fatherly mm-hmm. agape way yeah. and when john asks him something jesus answers Right. And, and it's, there's been this mystery of like, well, who's going to betray you? And John asks him and Jesus tells him because they're so close, right? They're, 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 there's, it's this very intimate moment. Mm-hmm. And, and because Jesus sees, um, that John is so vulnerable and sees that John is so present to him, mm-hmm. he answers this question. Mm-hmm. Right. 
it's a really, really similar, really, really similar thing here that when we put this stuff down, right, um, these mysteries kind of unfold and, and we not only learn about, about God in these, um, in these mysteries, we also learn a lot about ourselves, a lot about, you know, who we're called to be. Mm. Um, and so going into really any discussion about God, but certainly talking about something like the Eucharist. Okay. And, and again, we're not going to dive too deep into the theology of it, but talking about something about the Eucharist, it's really, really important whether you consider yourself like a ragamuffin or not. Um, it's really, really important that we go into these conversations with God, having put all of our stuff down, Mm -hmm. go through the eye of the needle, you know, allow God to kind of pull you out of, you know, of that distraction, allow God to pull you out of being kind of swallowed up by whatever you have going on um, and be open to the message, right? Mm -hmm. Be open to the message that God is sending. Um, Okay. Nikki, I'm going to, I'm going to oh hit you. Gosh. I'm going to hit you with something really hard. Are you ready? I hit you okay. with something really okay. hard. Okay. Um, and uh, I think maybe for some of our listeners, especially those that might not be Catholic, it might be a little bit, it might, might be a little bit weird. Weird. Um, as Catholics, we consume mm-hmm. the resurrected body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Yeah. Not cannibalism. Not cannibalism. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's an important <laughs> distinction. Okay. How does that, how does that, I'm putting you on the spot here. Okay. We usually do this once an episode where I put you on the spot. How does that make you feel like when you stop and think about it objectively? How does that, Okay. what is the response to that? So uh, there's lots of feeling and emotion involved for me. Um, In, in the um, relationship with Jesus way, I feel like um, so beloved that he would want to share this with me and want to be that close to me. Is it weird if I said, like he wants to be on my mouth? He wants to, he wants to be that close to me. Mm-hmm. And another way, it's a, it, it could be a little um, weird, creepy, deepy, but um, that's when I'm being too uh, corporal, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I um, relish the mystery of it and not knowing all the layers and just um, consuming the breadcrumbs, so to speak, uh, that he's leaving me with. I want this for you. I want to be with you um, always in an intimate way. Mm-hmm. And that's just, um, where else do I have that opportunity or that um, that love for me? Yeah, so, so we, uh, it's... It's almost it's almost hard to talk about. It's almost hard to articulate. I feel really weird right now. Without Haven't the said that. no no no, you, you shouldn't. It was what you said was mm. beautiful. There's it's it's hard to talk about without kind of this side dish or maybe like the soundtrack of your feelings about it, mm-hmm. right? Like I like I can't tra- if I'm talking about the Eucharist, it's hard to transfer my feelings to someone else so that they can understand the feelings associated with it. Right. Because Um, it's very personal. It is very personal and everybody kind of has to experience that for themselves. I I will say this. There are, there have been times in my life where, um, I've received the Eucharist and it is just the most profound, glorious thing. God is really telling me something in that moment. Uh, you know, I've put my stuff down for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. And, and, uh, and we're really connecting. There's also times where I'm distracted just like any other form of prayer. Right. But I know um, that the, the, the one um, consistent thing in that practice of taking the Eucharist is exactly what you said, is that Christ loves me uh, so much and, and he wants this intimate relationship with me so badly that he provides himself to me, body, blood, soul, and divinity fully himself um, so that like his flesh and all of the supernatural uh, graces that come along with his flesh can unite to mine, mm-hmm. right? And can fortify me. And even though I'm gonna, I'm gonna make mistakes. Even though I might walk out of the church, you know, and and really, you know, have a terrible day, or really, um, you know, not not acknowledge him again all day, right? 
He's still going to be there. Mm-hmm. And and for the days when I have a great day and I'm really all about my relationship with God and I'm, I'm seeing him in everything, he's there for that too. And so it's like a little power boost. It is. So God is God. Jesus is like, is there prepared for me? Um, he's, he's already won the victory, but he is, he is prepared for me to like, to, to run the race. Mm. Right. So it's almost like he's gotten to the finish line and he's won and he's defeated death and sin. And he's come back and he said, Oh, by the way, I know you're on this, you're in this race too. Right. Uh, for your, for your soul. I, um, I love you so much and I care about your soul so much that even though I finished the race, I turned around and I'm going to run back and I'm going to give you the grace of my Mm. winning, right? I'm going to give you all of the graces of my gold medal, of my crown of winning Mm -hmm. to encourage you to keep, to keep going, Mm -hmm. right? As, as kind of bread for the journey to, to, to keep going. Mm. There are, there are definitely times when I get it wrong. When I find myself in my life coming back to that, Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's, if it's a moment of prayer, uh, before a tabernacle or in front of the Eucharist and, and, you know, the, the exposed Eucharist, um, that's just so hard to beat. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to, to, to still be sad or to still be ungrateful or to still be, you know, frustrated with God or with life or whatever, when that's your focus. Yeah. For, for me, the, the, the Eucharist and receiving the Eucharist opens up all of these pathways to make myself and to make my life better. And it's all about, you know, giving, giving, <clears throat> excuse me, it's all about kind of having that opportunity to connect with Jesus in that intimate way and to receive those graces and then to, to live, to live from that mm-hmm. place. Right. Yeah. I struggle with, um, connecting, that um, knowledge, that feeling of receiving the Eucharist with, I don't always feel the same things or way with adoration. Like I struggle a little bit more with that, with recognizing his presence. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. There's, I mean, there, like, I think, I think it's very human for us to, struggle with the presence of God in general. Mm-hmm. Right. And certainly, you know, if the church is, has been saying, you know, for since the last supper, right. The church has said, this is the body and blood of Christ. Um, of course that's tough. And I have of course. so many non-Catholic friends mm-hmm. that it really takes a lot of standing on my own and in the truth that I've discovered on my own mm-hmm. to be at a place where I'm confident in that spot. The the Eucharist takes practice. Yeah. And if you're a Catholic that's out there listening and you're thinking it's it's just bread and wine to you or you really struggle with that that um not only that belief but that knowledge that it's the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus, um know that you're not alone. That's something that the church uh, mm-hmm. at different times you know, as a whole has struggled with, you know, and, and now the church has never once wavered from its teaching that that is the, the resurrected body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Um, but the church understands that it's tough. Mm-hmm. The church, and, and even, even Jesus himself understood that it was tough. We, you can, you can read in John six, um, you know, when, when he says like you, you have to, uh, uh, he, he calls himself the living bread that came down from heaven. He says, whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews there immediately rebuke him. They immediately quarrel among themselves. How can you give us your flesh to eat? How can you do yeah, that? Yeah, because that's weird. Because that's weird. Jesus says, amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and mm-hmm. drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him on the last day. My flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. And I want to remain in him. And I want him to remain in me. There's something really, really interesting. By the time he, he says, eats my flesh and drinks my blood, remains in me and I in him, in John six fifty six. Okay, by the time he says that, um, he's using a, a word uh, roughly akin to gnaw. Ew. It's somewhere between gnaw and feast. G-N-A-W, gnaw? Yeah. Meaning, 
I am not messing around when I say eat. I'm not talking. I'm not talking mm-hmm. metaphorically. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. There's no room for error here. Mm-hmm. I am saying eat. It's somewhere between gnaw and feast, right? So, um, like, like to to kind of you know this idea that we're kind of feasting on the flesh mm-hmm. of God, right? Um, that's that's so mysterious. That's so yeah. uncomfortable for, for a lot of people. Right. And, um, the thing is though, that, that, uh, that Jesus doesn't, you know, when, when people, um, when people refuse to accept that teaching, when they kind of balk at the mystery of that teaching, Jesus doesn't step in to say, Oh no, 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 you guys misunderstood me. This is actually what I really meant. Mm-hmm. He, he actually does the opposite of that. He kind of doubles down and says, yeah, you gotta, you gotta eat my flesh and drink my blood. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, I think there, there, there is a, there's definitely a, a, a separation within Christianity. There's folks that really struggle with that and folks that don't. And some, sometimes it's along Catholic versus Protestant lines, mm-hmm. maybe a lot of the time, but even within the church, there are lots of Catholics who really struggle with that. Um, that's okay. It's, it's okay to struggle with that. Right. And, and I think sometimes we put the more, um, we put a lot of emphasis on, uh, what you don't believe, right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to putting the emphasis on, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to all kind of get there? How are we all going to, going to, going to be able to embrace this, this richness, this mystery, yeah. um, in a, in a very ecumenical and a very community focused way. Right. Um, that's where I think here in, in our conversation, we, we've got to allow each other, um, to kind of lean into the mystery in our own way. Right. Um, Anytime that we come into this kind of intimate encounter with God, anytime that we break into uh, some of this hard stuff that, that Jesus is talking about, um, we talked about having an open mind, putting your stuff down, having an open heart, coming to God, you know, fully vulnerable, full, fully present. We've also got to be willing, like we talked about last week, to kind of take up our mat mm. and to do, yeah. to do a little bit of work. We've got to give God an opportunity, give ourselves an opportunity to grow into a real devotion to grow yeah. into a real belief, to grow into a real understanding of some of these mysterious things. Yeah. And if we just say, you know, I, I go to adoration and I just don't get it. I go to confession. And I just don't get it. I go to the Eucharist. I, I just don't get it. Whatever it might be. We're not, we're not really going right. like, like if that's where we stop, you it's know, it's got to be an active process. Yeah. Literally passive. all 12 disciples at some point said, I don't get this. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, it, it, and I mean, what, you know, just think about the great things they, they went on to do. Right. Um, so I will, I guess I will say this for me at different times in my life. Um, and I don't know how, how this is for you, Nikki, at different times in my life. Um, sometimes I'm really kind of like counting on the grace of the Eucharist and I'm really looking forward to it. And I really like, I want it. And it's just, it's just so beautiful and perfect and wonderful. And then sometimes it's the last thing on my mind, mm. right? Sometimes it's like, it's, it doesn't enter into the equation. Um, and, and I look back on periods of my life and I can kind of see that, right? I can kind of see that happening. But the one thing that I would tell anyone who asked me about the Eucharist is that the, the, the consistent, the, the, where, where I have found the most um, consistently freely flowing grace in my life. Those are all experiences where the Eucharist was heavily involved. Right. Uh, Um, so I got, maybe I've talked about this before. I got really sick once and I I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to die. I remember laying in the hospital, looking up at the Mm -hmm. ceiling and just praying, God, I don't, uh, I don't want to die. I I don't want this to be, you know, I hadn't been to confession in a while. Things were not going real great. And I just prayed, God, I want to be right with you. And I woke up to our associate pastor calling my name, looking for my name down the hall. I, when I first woke up, I was like, I was like coming out of a dream. It was real foggy. And I, and I heard like him calling my name from far off. And I really thought that I had died. I really thought that I was, I was like, this is purgatory. Right. And I, and I, 
I kind of, I kind of shook the cobwebs out and he came in the room. He was looking for my room. He was asking someone, Mm -hmm. uh, he was, you know, saying, do you know where James Longoria's room is kind of thing? He came in my room and he turned the corner and he looked at me and he said, I have come to bring you the Eucharist. Those were, those were the first words. He didn't say, hi, James. He didn't say, how you feeling? None of that. He just came in the door, a big smile on his face. And he just said, I've come to bring you the Eucharist. And I, it's the bread of life. Exactly. And I remember just this feeling of relief Mm. in my body. I was still sick, but just this feeling of relief in my soul that everything was going to be okay. That God was, God was taking care of it. Um, my, my, my grandmother's funeral. Um, I, I had to give her eulogy. I had no idea what I was going to say. I can remember a moment taking the Eucharist at her funeral mass and just feeling like, okay, this, everything is going to be fine. I I still didn't know what I was going to say. And I was still worried about it in the sense that I knew it was something that I I wanted to do a good job, but it was no longer this sort of debilitating fear. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that strength, I can only say like it, it it came from the Eucharist, right? It, It came from that moment of receiving receiving the the body and blood of Christ. Um, are there, are there experiences in your life where you can kind of look back and say, Hey, the, the Eucharist was, was so present to me in, in whatever moment. I don't have any big, um, moments that come to my right off the bat. For me, it's more of, um, like a daily struggle type of thing Mm -hmm. where I'm anticipating that time with him Mm -hmm. and receiving, um, the Eucharist. And then like, you know, um, that moment afterwards of reflection mm-hmm. of just feeling, um, otherworldly. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's a, a fantastic yeah. word for it. Yeah. It really is like this. I don't know when you're tuned in, when you're locked in, um, it does feel otherworldly and, and that's not to take anything away from anyone else's prayer experiences of other kinds. Um, as Catholics, we believe that the Eucharist is the the height of prayer. It's it's the highest form of prayer. The Mass is the highest form of prayer, and and that we're um, the closest to more more united with all of the graces and the and the beauty of heaven in those moments uh, than any other time. Right. That's not to say that your prayer life, if you're not Catholic or if maybe you struggle at Mass, struggle with the Eucharist. It's not to say that the things you're doing in prayer are not really, really, really beautiful and really, really, really important. They mm-hmm. are. And I think you need those things to, to just continue in your, in your relationship with God. Right. Um, but if you want to level up, if you want to level up, <laughs> I, I, I mean, we haven't, we haven't done, um, really hopefully any at all. Uh, anything on this podcast is just going to kind of tell people, Hey, this is what you have to do. Um, but I will, I do want to share with you the good news of the Eucharist yeah, because it's a really incredible, beautiful thing that was mandated by Christ in scripture. That's given to us by Christ in scripture. And, you know, we say, we say prayer changes things for me, this form of prayer yeah. radically, radically changes who I am. Yeah. It radically changes my thought process, my heart. Um, it's just, it's, a, it's, it's really indescribable. Yeah. And, you know, I was, um, and whenever we talk about the Eucharist now in the 21st century, I can't help but think of uh, a modern saint, Carlo Acutis, who um, was just, I mean, he just passed in 2006, I want to say. Something like that, yeah. But documented Eucharistic um, miracles from, you know, like he was, he died when he was 15. So he did this, like when he was 11 to 15, his parents were not practicing Mm -hmm. Catholics and he just had this desire to know and love God and, and, um, celebrate the Eucharist and kind of document, document the miracles. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when you look at his life and of someone who wasn't, cause I think sometimes when I think of like, um, the apostles and stuff. I'm like, Oh, so long ago. Like, you know, you just don't yeah. have enough in common. De- definitely. Right? Like I, I'm not a fisherman. I don't right? know what that life is I mean, about. Things yeah. are just so different then yeah. that it's sometimes hard to take those lessons and take those, um, parables and, and teachings and apply them today and feel like they make sense today. Mm-hmm. But when you have this young guy who made it his mission 
to um, highlight and use modern technology to share with the world mm-hmm. Eucharistic miracles. I get curious about that. That is, yeah, and and to and he said that the Eucharist is uh, his highway to heaven. Exactly, and and there's there's such a um, so that 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 kind of love affair with the Eucharist is so present in so many of the lives of the saints. Yeah. And that's one thing that connects the saints literally from the first Christians, you know, from the time of Christ to more modern saints, like to, to St. Padre Pio, who mm-hmm. had a tremendous devotion to, to the Eucharist, not only as a priest, but just in his life. Um, that, 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 you know, that connection uh, is so, it, it, it just can't be ignored mm-hmm. for me. They, they all seem to, to find um, this, you know, this place of real, of real hope, of real purpose in these moments with Christ, uh, in the bread and wine. Right. And so, um, you know, whether it's like, you know, saints who, who literally pray all day, every day before the Eucharist, or if it's a saint that, that just, you know, I take the Eucharist and I have this feeling and I'm kind of sent forth into the world to do this other amazing stuff. Um, you know, however, the, the Eucharist kind of fits into their lifestyle, into their charisms, their, their spirituality, it's there. And it's in this extremely prominent place, right, in their lives that, yeah. that the Eucharist is, is given this attention and, and given, you know, this, this proper due. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I would certainly not be, um, aware of God, not be aware of God's love for me, not be aware of, of, of Jesus's, um, really kind of beautiful desperation for me, right. For my soul Mm -hmm. without the Eucharist. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's not only kind of this, this, this way that we encounter God, but it's also this really beautiful signpost of God's love for us. And it transcends time. I love that Mm he, um, you know, walked this earth more than 2000 years ago and we can still have his presence today. Yeah. That's better than any Marvel movie, right? It's better than any Marvel movie. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, That's true love. Father Wade, uh, he was a, and uh, we've, we've talked about Father Wade, right? Yeah. Yeah, A little bit. Um, so, uh, unofficial uh, spiritual advisor from. Absolutely. He's our, he's, he's one of our many patron saints, I think, (laughs) uh, on this, on this podcast. Um, but, uh, he was a, a later vocation. So mm-hmm. he actually, um, had, uh, a career in like business management that he was, he was doing really well. He was working for, for Walmart as a regional transportation director, um, which at the time, uh, in the, I think the late nineties, early two thousands was, uh, like kind of a big deal. Like yeah, that was, was a, a, big a, good, a good amount of money and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. He was and successful by he, society ex- standards. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, one of the things that he would talk about is that he kept coming back to this devotion to the Eucharist. That was just something that kept calling him, um, sort of to go deeper in his relationship with God and to, and to pursue kind of these, these dreams and these different things that he was, that God was calling him to. And, um, I'll never forget. He, he, um, he told a story of, uh, he was, there was a girl that he was kind of dating. Right. And, um, which is kind of weird kind to think about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this, this girl that he was kind of dating and this was shortly before he, um, uh, he entered seminary. Um, but they were just kind of talking about life and, and, um, I think she probably liked him maybe a little more than he liked her from the tone of the story, but that's okay. It happens. Uh, she, she asked him, she was not Catholic and she asked him, you know, like, would you ever leave the Catholic church? Like all the, all the stuff that you read about, all of the scandal, everything that's gone on, mm-hmm. all of the mistakes that the church has made over time, would you ever leave the church for for those reasons, right? And he just, he said, you know, um, it's going to be r- really, really hard to get me to leave the Eucharist. And the the Catholic Church mm-hmm. is is where God has shown me to receive the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Right. It's where the Eucharist comes from. And so I think for him that, and that certainly taught me the lesson of, okay, my, my, my Catholicism kind of needs to be rooted in this experience of encountering God sacramentally, encountering God in, in this 
beautiful prayer that we have, right, as a, as a church, it also needs to be reflected into all of my relationships, mm-hmm. into my workplace, into my friendships, into everything really that happens for me externally. And if there are really, if there's any places in my life um, that are not sort of lit up, right, enlightened by my receiving the Eucharist, by God giving me that, that privilege, then that's on me. And that's yeah. something that I, I need to fix, right? That's something that I need to work on because the Eucharist is the source and summit of, of our Christian life. And, and, you know, so, so as much as this, you know, kind of what we're talking about is hopefully explaining a little bit of why it's so important to Catholics, mm-hmm. but also calling out our, our, our Catholic listeners and saying, Hey, look, let's let that grace power us. Let's let that grace fuel us for, yeah. you know, Pick what, for whatever, whatever comes yeah. next. Yeah. Yeah. So take up your mat and walk, take yeah. up your mat and, and go and proclaim, you know, the good news out of this, this place of, of incredible love, mm-hmm. right? Just think about the, you know, the Eucharist as this gift, as this, this incredible thing that we, um, that we get even when we don't deserve it, even when it's a complete mystery. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and how, how amazing is that, that it's, um, it's just there for us. It's, um, it is, and just there for us. Okay. So I had this opportunity to evangelize yesterday, kind of not, um, you know, like not on purpose, just, uh, what pops up when you're driving with your friend and you pass a Catholic church. What mm-hmm. do you do? You do you sign? You make the sign of the cross. Make the yeah. sign of the cross. Yeah. And what, so I'm with my non-Catholic friend and she's like, okay, what do we, we do that when we pass churches, we you know, and I said, well, when we pass the Catholic church, we do because Jesus is in there. And, um, I don't know if I went that deep and I did, I, I did say, I did talk about the Eucharist and that like Jesus, you know, actual Jesus is in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was just beautiful because, well, and I also, this friend is also very welcoming to, mm-hmm. I would say she's curious cool. and I f- feel really excited about that. Cause it's just, um, fertile ground. You know. Yeah. So that was it, James. That was my whole story. To that's you. so I sign I love I love that. Um, so that's actually something. The sign of the cross, believe it or mm-hmm. not, is actually something that we have in common with a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters, and it yeah. is fertile ground, right? Because the sign of the cross really is not uh, just a Catholic prayer. It's actually a Christian prayer, mm-hmm. right? So it should be defined first as Christian. It's associated with Catholicism. All that the sign of the cross is at its most basic is an acknowledgement of your baptism. Okay. So when you're born, uh, and and or, or I'm sorry, when you're baptized uh, as a as a baby, if you're baptized as an adult, saved, whatever, for it to be a a Christian baptism, a valid Christian baptism, um, you're baptized in the name of the Trinity. in the names of yeah. the Trinity, right? So baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you make the sign of the cross, you touch your forehead, father, touch your belly, son, you, you know, you, you make the the sign from shoulder to shoulder, Holy Spirit, right? So we're really, um, recognizing, uh, remembering that it's, it's the, the triune God, right? That, that, that saves us, the triune God that loves us, that he's, he's baptized us, that we're part of the kingdom of God because of that baptism, that's something that we share with our, mm-hmm. our Protestant brothers and sisters. That's something that, that really we can invite anybody into is that when we're baptized, when we're brought into this Christian family, um, that, you know, we, we are, we are all journeying towards the same God. We're all journeying yeah. with the same God together for us as Catholics. I think, uh, um, you know, there, there is that distinction of receiving the Eucharist of having these particular, um, uh, ways in which we, we worship together, these particular devotions, things like that. None of that, uh, it, you know, Protestant brothers and sisters, none of that is meant to be exclusionary. None of that is meant to be, um, look at us, we're, we're better than you. We are, we are a people uh, searching for God, journeying towards God, moving towards God uh, in this boat together with you. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, while I would love, and I think there's lots of folks that would love to, to maybe have the conversation of, well, this is why you should take the Eucharist. This is why you should become Catholic and take the Eucharist. There's, there's lots of stuff out there like that. Mm-hmm. There's lots of, of resources and reasons and, 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 you know, maybe we'll discuss that some other time, but 
for the purposes of this conversation here, I think it's more important that we, we look at our, um, our blessings as Catholics and we say, okay, how, how is the Eucharist going to compel me to love my neighbor better? How is, how am I going to get the, uh, how am I going to let the Eucharist, um, uh, you know, kind of fuel me to, to serve, to serve mm-hmm. my community, my church, my, my, my family, right? How is, how is this, how are these moments of real grace, of real tangible grace, of this tangible relationship with God, how is it going to change the world? Because that's really, you know, if we're only focused on, well, I receive the Eucharist and it's all about me, we're kind of missing the point. I receive the Eucharist and it's all about me getting to heaven. We're kind of missing the point, right? Um, Jesus wants us to become little tabernacles, little temples of his, his love and his grace so that we go out and, and change the world. Um, and certainly sharing the sign of the cross with your friends, uh, sharing your Catholicness, your Christianness, my class, my Catholicity, your Catholicity, um, (laughs) with your friends, uh, is it's, it's not only an effect of that grace. It's like, it's kind of the point. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know what, when you were saying like what you were just saying, I was thinking like how a therapist do and say like the first step is awareness. So just like your awareness that you received the Eucharist, you have graces, like be aware first. And then all the, all the good stuff flows with your relationships with others, with your perspective on life and yada. I love that. I love that. You should write a book. I, you know what? Seriously. I just started journaling. Maybe that's the first step. That is a, that is, baby step. that is such a profound and simple thing. And like. I think what we've both been trying to say this whole episode, and you summed it up so perfectly, your first step with the Eucharist is awareness. Wow. Who Thank are, you for being wowed. Who are you in the presence of? Who are you mm-hmm. consuming? Who are you emulating when you leave the church, right? Be aware that it's Christ, the unique son of God, the most powerful force in the universe. Be aware of that. Yeah. Right? That's big and exciting and incredible. And wow-worthy. Wow-worthy. Absolutely. Imagine if we all came out of mass like, yeah, Mm. on fire. I I just received Jesus. And you know, I think when you get to a place where you are in this love relationship with God and you receive him in the Eucharist and it's a little bit of a womp womp when the rest of the church isn't, Mm -hmm. you don't even want to know what I look like when I'm singing that closing song. Are you, are you excited? (laughs) (laughs) And they're always like, oh, just, just one verse. Cause the priest is already at the end and I'm like, let's go for two. We need two. Do we have a third verse? Do we have a bridge? Let's go. One thing that I, that I, (laughs) one thing that I really uh, have come to appreciate about our former pastor, uh, Father Ed, uh, here at St. Vincent de Paul and our, our current pastor as well, Father Tom, um, they both like to sing the whole song. (gasps) And so, and it's like, and so they'll kind of take their time getting to the steps of the altar. They'll take their time processing out. Right. And you know, you can, you do see people that are like, Oh, I've, like, oh my gosh, are we going to do all like, the verses? The football game is starting. <laughs> I've got to get home, right? Um, but it's it's a really it's a really kind of incredible and and beautiful thing to see whole families like with their hymnals open or or with their worship aid, you know, singing that song together. Parents making it a priority that no, like we're we're celebrating the presence of God do here. You know we're, yeah, we're celebrating this. We're 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 completing this worship on a really powerful note, right? And um, that's, that's so cool. That is absolutely so cool to me when that, when that happens. So, so that, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, and that's, that's being aware, right? Mm-hmm. That's being aware of, of the, the power and the, the person, the purpose of your, of your celebration. It's very cool. Very, very cool. I love that. Seriously, you should write a book. You just, okay. you just, I, I, like, I felt my heart. I was like the Grinch. Like I felt my heart grow two sizes uh. when you said that. Like, that's just, <laughs> that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm going to steal that. All right, we kick off our youth group um, this Sunday. I'm going to steal that for a youth group. It's free for the taking. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Um, can you can you write it down so I don't... Well, I can listen yeah, to yeah, it yeah. So, you don't, so I don't butcher it. Yeah, that's just... That's beautiful. Be aware. That's very cool. Very cool. Thank you, my wow, friend. Wow, that was a nice exhale. It was. You it felt sound good. like you just got the weight of the world off it felt. Trust. It felt really good. It feels really good, good to, to talk about Jesus and to... Um, to talk about Jesus in such a, um, I don't want to say a Catholic way, but like, I feel like, I feel like culturally, like we're, we're kind of 
kind of showing our cards a little bit and that and that feels yeah. that feels really good yeah, yeah. and I, f- I think sometimes I get too apologetic about it mm-hmm. and so this feels good to just talk about it from a love relationship yeah and and, uh, and I think and I think that says a lot about um, going back to where we started in, in scripture putting our stuff down yeah you know I, when I put my stuff down and it's just me and Jesus it's just me and the Eucharist there's only there's only love there. Mm-hmm. there. There's not a, there's not room for anything else. The love is so overwhelming yeah. that all of the other stuff, like, you know, it, it just kind of falls away. It just falls away, right? And and if I try to pick that stuff up, well, then I kind of I cut off the love a little bit, right? And so um, it is, you know, more important, radically more important that we're we're present to the awe and wonder and perfection that is the Eucharist. Uh, much, much more than we're we're trying to maybe change someone's mind or convince someone or anything like that. Yeah. There's no one person that convinced me, uh, with the exception of Jesus. There's no one person that convinced me that the Eucharist is the Eucharist, mm-hmm. that it's the that it's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of of mm-hmm. Christ, except for those experiences that I've had with Him in prayer, those experiences that I've had in just in different circumstances in my life. Yeah. Right. So where your interaction with Him. Yeah. So. Looked- so, mm-hmm. you know, if we were to get on here and preach and try to convince everyone. That's not going to work. I don't know that that would work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The example of our lives. For sure. For sure. Well, um, we are uh, just about out of time. We should wrap up and pray. I do want to. Um, Which one to, do? Which one do? Which one do? Hmm? Which one do? Well, I was going to, <laughs> I was going to challenge uh, our, um, our listeners uh, to, to try something new in prayer this week. Um, and that's to, uh, I might've, I might've mentioned this before. That's to practice the presence of God. Okay. Right. And, uh, I know last season, a couple of different times we talked about, uh, finding a prayer space in Mm -hmm. your home. Um, I would, I would really encourage you, uh, to this, this week, if you, if you can't get to adoration or if you can't get, uh, you know, to where you can, um, uh, pray with Christ in the tabernacle in a church somewhere, um, find a, and this is not a, this is not a substitute for the Eucharist. Okay. But it's, it's a way to kind of practice being in the presence of God. Um, find a picture of Jesus, mm-hmm. find a crucifix, uh, something that, um, something that you relate to, right? Yeah. Something that, that you respond to. So if it's a, a particular painting or image of Christ or image of, you know, a gospel story, something like that, but make sure that Christ is in this image. Um, and spend some time in quiet first total total amount of time for this prayer maybe 15 minutes okay so um, spend four or five minutes in relative quiet you're just kind of looking at this picture you're just kind of taking it in um, whether you don't have to go like to ignatian if you don't want to but but what's the scene what does jesus look like what is what are the, the feelings coming you know from his his face from his you know his his image right um, what's that kind of evoking? And then bring that, like, like shift from that, um, that, that place of really kind of looking and discerning and, 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 and paying attention to a place of, of prayer by having a normal conversation with that person that you see in that image. Normal as in a conversation that just you like, have with just like you and I are human. having right now. Okay. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Um, I experienced this this summer, really, kind of for the first time in a really powerful way, um, and I've realized, kind of doing this, uh, not every day, but but a, a lot in my prayer time since, that um, my ability in prayer, uh, not just to kind of emote my stuff, but my ability to put my baggage down, mm. is it gets much much easier because I know. Um, having that kind of more personal relationship with God, that more personal perception of him. Um, I know that if I, I, it's just, it's easier to put my baggage down because I know that he's not going to hurt me. My baggage is usually there to protect my heart, to, to put up a wall. Right. I know that he's not going to, going to, going to do anything to, to, to hurt me, to push me away. And so it's become so much easier in other forms of prayer, including going to reconciliation being more present at church to feel safe, to feel like I'm there with my friend Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, 
so, so that's what I would, you know, so, so first five minutes, you're, you're just observing him next five minutes. You're talking to him, giving him your stuff. Five minutes after that, just, just listen and maybe take a page out of my friend Nikki's book, uh, uh, to, to journal, write down some of that stuff that you hear yeah. a page out of my friend, Nikki's journal. Don't take any pages out my journal. That's <laughs> very personal. That's very personal. It's very, per- also if they're blank pages, that's kind of mean because get your own. <laughs> um, but just, Everybody has but really, uh, you know, approaching, approaching your prayer time as a conversation and, and giving yourself that visual reference, um, for the, for the person of yeah. Christ. Right. Yeah. Now, if you can, if you can do that in front of the Eucharist, that's, that's wonderful. That's even, that's even better. Yeah. Um, of course, but, uh, but if you can't, and we recognize that that's tough, uh, for, for a lot of us, um, you know, find a, find a picture of Jesus mm-hmm. and, and just, uh, spend some quality time with him. And he knows your heart. He knows the effort. He does. So the desires to be with him. He does. Absolutely. He Absolutely. That. He, and he, and he wants that intimacy, right? Yeah. Like that intimacy is, you know, if you think about gnawing on someone's flesh, that's, oh, that's well. an intimate, uh, yeah. that's he an intimate there. thing, yes. right? Like, <laughs> It is. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard, but it, we, we can't get around that yeah. as, as, as Catholics. Wow. As, as that Christians. made me giggly again. Man, that's so weird. <laughs> that's all right. And yet that's what we've been talking about the whole time. Well, um, I mean, I mean the epitome of that, 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 uh, coming back to the, him offering himself and yeah. wanting us to consume him. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's still mysterious. It's still weird. Consume it, be it. It is still weird. Yeah. Absolutely. And that embra- sure. embrace the weird, em- embrace the mystery. Yeah. Team weird over here. Team weird. <laughs> Team weird. We will, we will leave you with that. We will pray and get out of here. Um, you've gone from being ragamuffins to being weirdos. Weirdo. Um, uh, weirdo ragamuffins. Uh, we hope you, um, we hope you're okay with that name. Yeah. No, okay. If you're not okay with it, send us an angry email. You'll be the first email we've ever gotten. <laughs> Second email. I don't know. I haven't checked the email in a while. I need to. Oh. All right. Um, let's pray. Let's pray. I like to pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Just one more thing. If you are interested in learning more about the Eucharist, there's a lot of great resources online. I would check out usccb.org. They've got some great stuff about what the church really teaches um, as far as the, uh, as far as the Eucharist and the mass are concerned. Um, There's, there's a Catholic church near you with the blessed sacrament available. Um, If you've never been to a Catholic church or, or maybe you haven't been in a long time, uh, please go talk to a pastor or a, a priest, deacon, someone there um, about just spending some time with the Lord. Uh, I know here at St. Vincent de Paul, our doors are open during the day. You can go inside and and just spend some time with Jesus in the tabernacle. That's how most churches operate, yeah. um, certainly uh, here, here in the States, right? So um, explore that time, find that time. Uh, and if you have any questions for us or if, you know, maybe we need to Maybe we need to do a deep dive or something on a particular uh, Catholic topic. We're not opposed to that. Send us a note and we'll, we'd be happy to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Fantastic week. And uh, we will be in your ear next time. There you go. There it is. <laughs> Only took me like 28 <laughs> episodes or something. You're funny. I'm funny. Guess what? Did you know that October, the, um, blessed Carlo Acutis's Am I saying his name right? I feel yes. very wrong yes. saying his blessed, name. Blessed Carlo Acutis, yeah. Acutis. I think so, yeah. Like Pretty Cooties. sure. Acutis. His feast day's coming up. Nice. October 12th? I love that. 12th? 12th? Yeah. October 12th. 12th, is that? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We will catch you on the flip side. Peace. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Peace. We weren't stopped. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had finished. That is so going to stay in the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Child.
to Church Podcast is an AMET Creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. Our theme music is Candle in the Shadows by The Poor Kings. Check them out on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast and let us know your questions, comments, and thoughts by contacting Late to Church Podcast at gmail.com. Your insights might even be featured on the show. Just a little reminder, you are good. You are worthy. You are the beloved. Look around for the Lord today. He loves you and he wants an encounter with you. Thank you for journeying with us. We're praying for you. Peace. Laurel's taking a culinary class. Guess what they had? What did they have? Cookies. Nice. And they use like real butter. You could tell. So good. Butter is the way to go. And guess what? what? There weren't a lot of parents who came. So guess who took more than their share? You did. This girl. Nice. <laughs> I've got lots of kids at home. Can I fill this bag, please? What's a mm-hmm. what's what's your go-to cookie? I think I've asked you this. Have I asked you this? Um, I don't know if you have. I like chocolate chip, but I mean, it has to be homemade and it has to be slightly overcooked. Slightly I like it overcooked? like on the crunchy edges, chewy center. I don't like the fluffy stuff. Okay. And like, uh, I really don't like that crap at the grocery that has the frosting that's soft. What oh, I don't that? like that either. Yeah, what is that? I don't like that either. It's weird. It's that's weird. Like it's really weird. That's like something made in a lab. Yeah, there's a there's sometimes if you get like a soft um, chocolate chip cookie, it's got like this kind of marshmallowy flavor texture. I don't like that. I don't like that. Marshmallowy flavor texture. Yeah, it's this. It's uh, it's hard to explain. It's like the de- the density or like the the mouth feel. I think uh-huh. that's the phrase of like like uh, like a marshmallow kind of feel. And I, I don't like that at all. Something you I, I think somebody it's, bake or something you get at a place? Something I've gotten at like a like a restaurant or something if they have mm. like homemade cookies. I think it's because they, they don't use real butter. Mm. Because real butter, they're Holy soft smokes. and they're amazing. And you take a bite and you can take like a little bit of wetness in your mouth. Like, yeah. oh, the butter's still uh, there. Yeah, it's fantastic. Butter it's is great. Good. Butter's great. So good. I think... Uh, this episode sponsored by sponsored butter. by butter, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you said chocolate chip. I, I, yeah, but I like nuts too. Okay, so I would do like a, my mom and dad when they do chocolate chips, they throw in pecans. Okay, because nuts. I like a oh, real like sugar cookie. Okay, not as opposed to a fake one. So, so a sugar cookie again made with butter, uh-huh. and it's just a sugar cookie. Maybe a little bit of hint of vanilla in there but no cinnamon no snickerdoodle okay. none of that i like snickerdoodles no, no just a sugar cookie Fantastic. don't mess with it don't mess with it what about do you need you need to have the dash of salt yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah i mean all the things you gotta have to like have I, it taste I need good to, so the cookies last night mm-hmm. you could taste salt in the bite mm-hmm. loved it yeah yeah that's good it was perfect that's good be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect means real, and, real butter, yeah, real butter, and a little and bit of salt, salt. Mm. in whatever cookie you're making. The salt of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'll just sit here and think I about think cookies. For I a know. Minute. I'm like, what am I having for lunch? <laughs> cookies.